survival driving for the everyday warrior. Let's talk tactics. Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. Welcome to the show that helps you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is the Warrior Life Podcast. Hey there, Warriors. What's up? It is Jeff Anderson from WarriorLife.com, and welcome to podcast episode number 344. Now, one of the roles that I see us having at WarriorLife.com is really kind of to keep you up to date on any current threats that might be looming out there. And right now, my spidey senses have been tingling over this Minnesota murder trial of Officer Derek Chauvin after the, uh, the in-custody death of George Floyd, where this trial is just underway now. Like, we've gotten through the jury selection. We're getting ready to go into opening comments. And this thing is going to be very, very testy. It's going to be... I'm not sure how long it's going to actually go on. We, I know we've got lots of witnesses that are being called up here. And if you remember, even just after the shooting itself of the, the, the shooting of George Floyd, that sparked his death sparked months, uh, a couple of months of violent protests and riots and looting and burning of buildings. And we don't know which way this trial is going to go. But one thing we can expect, if Chauvin does get an innocent verdict, we know that there is going to be a violent outcry. We know this is going to happen. Now, if you live in the area of the trial, it's a pretty safe bet that you either want to get out of Dodge or you, of course, don't want to be out roaming the streets. But especially with an innocent verdict, I would expect that there's probably going to be a resurgence of protests and violent riots in other areas of the country as well. Now, one of the problems of these types of protests is that they can spring up absolutely anywhere and they can happen without notice because there are oftentimes these underground communication links either on social media or even offline through like local activist groups. It could even really just be a bunch of kind of local pissed off citizens who just decide to go out and raise some hell, especially if there's any other protests that are going on in the area. And those people realize that police are going to be focused all around City Hall and the police departments to keep the center of government protected, which leaves people like you and me with the sole responsibility of protecting ourselves and those that we love. Now, defending yourself and your family at home is one thing, but with the potential of these flash mob uprisings that can happen, you're at a serious disadvantage and risk if you're out traveling around in your vehicle and you come across a threat. Now, I'm reminded of a story that I told a few weeks ago in episode number 242, where in July of last year, there was a young mother, Charmaine Turner, who was with her eight-year-old daughter, Sekaria, and a family friend out driving around. They, they had just gotten done eating dinner, and they turned off of an Atlanta interstate, and they were stopped by an armed mob of protesters that had created kind of this human barricade that after the, the fatal shooting of Rashard Brooks by an Atlanta police officer there. Now, the protesters ended up opening fire on the vehicle, and it, the guy that was driving tried to get past the barricade. The eight-year-old girl was shot and killed in the back seat, and the driver tried to escape out of the area in the vehicle, and there were still people that were firing after the car as he tried to escape. So let me tell you, I take my and my family's security very seriously when we're traveling out because I know how vulnerable we are in our vehicles. I know from my work in executive protection, I know from time on the battlefield that 
there's always this threat of a carjacking or an ambush or even just random shots being fired at you, especially during times of civil unrest and social chaos that's out there. So what I thought I'd do is take a couple of of uh, podcast episodes here to really kind of give you some simple things that you can do to be better prepared for any attack when you're in your vehicle, whether that is a carjacking or even a no warning flash mob barricade and vehicles chasing after you. And I've had these things happen. So um, I wanted to actually do this in a three-part series. And I'm going to take, um, I'm going to talk about uh, in this first episode, the prep work that you can do right now on your vehicle to be better prepared for a mobile attack. And in the second episode, I'm going to share with you kind of the gear, gadgets, and gizmos version of what you can do to really kind of almost like James Bond your car. Not from a fantasy standpoint, I'm talking about very real things that you can do that I've I've actually been in a vehicle and had, had some of these things happen um, that you really can use to be able to kind of, for escape and evasion. In the final episode, we'll talk about actual escape and evasion driving tactics that anybody can do as well. So let's go ahead and get started here because I have 10 prep steps that you can take right now to help riot proof your vehicle. And I always start with the prep work because not only can you make yourself less of a target with the work that you do right now, but in an actual attack, there are things that will automatically help you without you even having to think about it. So you're not gonna have to put the mental energy, your, your mental energy should be escaping the area and getting out alive. You don't wanna be focused in on, on other things any more than you have to. It's the same as if you carry a gun for, you know, a concealed weapon for personal defense. So if you already have a weapon, like the weapon that I carry, it's a Glock. It has an integrated safety. I don't have a manual safety on it, and I keep it around in the chamber. So I don't have to worry when I draw my weapon to be able to defend myself, especially if it's a no-warning ambush. I know I don't have to rack the slide to put it around in the chamber, and I don't have to remember to take the to take the safety off to be able to make it go bang. So those are just some examples of things. I don't have to think about those things. I can focus in on the threat and the actions that I'm going to take. Well, the same thing goes when it comes to your vehicle. So I think these prep, the prep steps that I talk about here, these 10 prep steps are very, very important and they're simple things that you can do. Now you don't have to do all of these things. Some of these are a little bit more advanced. Um, I'm not, I don't feel like I personally go into the fantasy zone here because Again, I've been in situations where these things have come in handy or will definitely, you know, absolutely common sense wise can come in handy for you. All right. So step number one, um, we're going to start with the exterior of your vehicle, and that is to install run flat tires. Now, this is something relatively uh, standard when it comes to executive protection vehicles and any sort of like military contractors out there. You like, you know, people are going to try and uh, just either puncture your tires with knives or shoot at your tires to be able to stop you. And if, and if you're stopped in your vehicle, you're, you're going to get a mob surrounding you. Or if you try to get away, if you've ever seen enough of the uh, of cops shows caught on camera, you see these people trying to escape with their, with their tires and their sparks flying out because they're riding on the rims. They have flat tires. And you definitely, um, you're going to be able to get out of the area much better much better, much easier, much faster if you have run flat tires. Now you might be surprised they're really not that expensive, not that much more expensive than other tires. And you can get these for virtually almost any vehicle that's out there. Um, the vehicle that I use for urban driving, my, my Mini Cooper, 
no snickering, although my grandkids call it the clown car. No, there is no uh, ice cream truck music playing when I open my doors. I love my Mini Cooper for urban driving. I've talked about it before. Um, very, very easy to handle. I can, I can, I can really get um, good handling out of it. But it comes standard with run flat tires, and I always make sure that when I change my, when I change out the tires, I that I do get run flat tires for them. Same thing. Can, uh, so it will help protect you against stabbing, shooting of the tires, and even driving over obstacles. If you do have to go off road for some reason and you are in an area where there's lots of debris, there could be nails around the area, broken glass, anything that could perhaps puncture your tire. You definitely don't want to have a flat tire in and around civil unrest. All right, prep step number two is to uh, install 3M shatter shielding film on your windows. So you can be sure if your vehicle is stopped in any way or if you're even if you're driving slowly by or even if you're trying to speed past, people will pick up bricks, rocks. If there's civil unrest in the area, they're going to try and break out your windows. Especially if you are stopped, they are going to break out your windows and try and pull maybe you and your family out of the vehicle as well. Or, of course, they're going to try and you know, punch you, stab you, whatever they can do there if they don't have a firearm there. So it's not going to shatter proof your windows, but it will keep your windows from being shattered out um, on the sides there and you being able to pull it out. Now, this is something that you can get done at any sort of uh, like detailing shop or auto security store where they install auto security, like aftermarket auto security systems. Um, I would recommend having this done the right way. I would also recommend getting it tinted as well, just um, to be able to keep some privacy there. So you don't want people looking in and being able to see what you have on the inside or how many people are inside or um, what color people are on the inside if it's a if it's race-related protests that are going on. So you just need to make sure that you're keeping your privacy as much as possible. All right, prep step number three is happens really if you're choosing a vehicle or you can't get these aftermarket, but they're, you know, and that's to install or have a vehicle with a sunroof. Now, I recommend vehicles with a sunroof because, um, one, for escape purposes, if you are overturned, if you are T-boned, um, this is just has to do even with any sort of a, a vehicle wreck that you're in. It gives you one more escape route that you might be able to get out of, and that um, that's going to help you there. If you are surrounded by a mob, I'm not saying you necessarily want to crawl out of the sunroof and, and hop around the zombies that are all around you, but it does give you the ability to open up the sunroof if you have even just a crack and be able to fire outside of the windows or throw something outside the windows. There's lots of things you might be able to do to be able to get some space uh, from people away from your vehicle if you're able to. Um, so it does give you one more thing. Also, if you do have somebody else that's with you and it's an escape and evasion type scenario or anything there where you can have somebody else pop on out of the vehicle's top, it gives a little bit more protection. I mean, trying to roll down the side window makes you a little bit more vulnerable than it does coming out of the, the sunroof. But it does kind of act as a turret kind of opening, if you will, where somebody might be able to pop on out and be able to um, fire at somebody or provide some sort of uh, cover cover there. All right, prep step number four is to camouflage your car. Now, what I mean by this is really kind of to one of it's more of stuff that you you would take off of your vehicle and you want to remove any of what I call like these target stickers, these bullseye stickers. So if you have like Trump 2020, Trump Pence, uh, if you if you know that like a lot of these protests are going to be either race related or they are going to be 
you know, left versus right, Antifa versus whatever, right? Um, anything that is going to identify you as the enemy, I put in quotes, then you're going to make yourself a target. Even if somebody can't see in the vehicle, um, even if it's not a protest or a human barricade or anything like that, you might just it might just be a few people that just see that you have a pro-police banner or a bumper sticker on your window somewhere there. It might just, you know, accompanied by your Trump sticker or if you have any sort of firearm stickers, anything that is kind of more um, relevant to what conservatives or people who consider themselves patriots or protectors that you might have on there, anything that's going to identify you as that role, you absolutely do put a bullseye on you. Now, I get it. Those people that are out there that say, well, Jeff, I'm not going to, you know, you're not going to, I'm going to stand up for what I believe in. And I'm going to, you know, you go ahead, go ahead and do that if you want to. I mean, I'm just giving, I'm just telling you for me, I'm not looking for any trouble. I don't want to be in somebody's crosshairs. I don't want to bet on my skills, my prep work, my gun or anything when it comes to a mob. That is a losing proposition. So I am not going to make myself a target by putting anything that could maybe identify myself as the quote-unquote enemy of other people that are out there. I don't want to, even if it is somebody that follows us home and decides to make an example of us, I don't, I just don't, why would I do that? You do what, you do you, I'm going to do me, all right? Now, one thing you can add to your vehicle on the inside is a baby on board sign. So this is something that I think is super useful because people are going to, maybe they, they don't like you, but maybe they are not going to want to have anybody hurt that is a baby. They might get a little bit more of the sympathy vote there. Now, this goes even for road rage. If somebody doesn't like that you cut them off and they're coming up on you and they see a baby on board sign there, even if they don't see a, a baby in there, if you have tinted windows or whatever it is, they're going to see that big yellow sign there with baby on board, and it might just make them back off. Same thing goes for that human barricade. That maybe, or or if it's civil unrest or people out there, things are getting unruly, maybe, just maybe, it could give you a little bit of help there to have those baby on board signs that are showing people that there might be somebody in there that they don't want to get hurt. All right, prep step number five, I actually learned this one from Jason Hansen, and that is, uh, he has the, um, he's the former CIA officer, um, spy escape and evasion tactics, uh, Jason's a good friend of mine, and one of the interviews that we talked about, he said to keep your tires inflated 10% under the tires suggested PSIs. Now, I say tires suggested because if you get your ch- tires changed out, uh, the the dealers or your, your vehicle's owner's manual is not necessarily going to have the information that's related to the tires that you have on your vehicle. But having your tires inflated 10% under what the tire says on the side of it for your suggested PSI. So for example, if it says 50 PSI in there, you're going to inflate it to 45 PSI, is that you're going to get better handling of the vehicle and you're going to get, he said you're going to get better gas mileage also. I've never really tested that, but better handling of the vehicle um, from lower inflation of the tires. Now, five, 10% is not really that much and you can get significantly more handling out of it uh, here. So Okay, prep step number six is to have your side mirrors of your vehicle outside of the view of the back of your vehicle for a wider angle. So I, I know a lot of people, like when you have your the, the left and right, the passenger side, the driver's side window or, or mirrors that are out there, 
most people will adjust them so that when you're sitting in your vehicle, you are, uh, you can see just like you can still see the back of your vehicle. That way you can see where another vehicle is in relation to your vehicle. Well, you would, if somebody is that close to the back of your vehicle, you're not going to make that turn into the other lane without looking behind you anyway. So it really doesn't help you that way. But as we all know, there are blind spots that can be made in in the in, in that side. We know that there are blind spots uh, with the mirrors. So by taking your mirrors and putting them where you can just see the back of your vehicle and then turn them out a little bit more. So that way you're actually getting a wider angle of view of the vehicles that could be on the left and the right side of you. So if, especially if it's a, an escape and evasion type scenario, or if somebody is sneaking up um, around the vehicle, the, in back of the vehicle, or if you're in a traffic jam or you're stopped in a barricade somewhere, you can look behind, you get a better angle to see what is happening be, behind you than if you have them in to where you can actually see the back of the vehicle at the same time. All right. Now, prep, prep step number seven, moving into the interior of the vehicle. Again, sticking with mirrors here is to add in a panoramic rear view mirror. Now, this is one that you can really just clip onto your mirror, your, your, your current rear view mirror. And what this is, is a, what is a concave, I guess you would call it, or convex. I think, it's, I think you'd call it convex, but it gives you basically this better field of view because it's a curved mirror. You get a better field of view without having to look behind you or maybe even out to the sides as much as well. So if it's an escape and evasion type scenario and I'm driving away from somebody, then I, I, I don't necessarily want, I want to know what's in front of me. I want to know what obstacles are in front of me or where can I evade or where can I switch over to very quickly to be able to escape this, the incident or the, the, um, the scenario that I'm in. So I don't want to be looking over my shoulders anymore that I have to, or maybe even off to the side mirrors. So if you have a panoramic rear view mirror, you might be able to see a lot more outside of the left and right side of the vehicle as well as behind you. So it, it gives you a kind of the emotion and it helps you focus your vision where you need to be, to be able to escape. Now, an advanced version of this would be to install an aftermarket rear view camera on your vehicle that is hooked up to a an external monitor. So most people are familiar with the backup cameras. These are usually located around where the license plate is. Um, there are ways to, I guess, bypass that, but I don't like the lower field of view. It just kind of gives you kind of a bumper to bumper. It will give you a rear view uh, view there, but a, a an aftermarket one that you can put in maybe even above where your the, uh, the, the rear view window is. I'm sorry, yeah, like the rear window is. And having that wired to a separate man monitor that you could have on your dash is going to give the ability basically to be able to look behind you as you're driving forward. So it gives you another field of view. Now, I don't recommend that you have this for everyday driving. Again, this is an advanced thing. If you want to really James Bond your car, um, you can have it there. It's going to be a distraction. You, know, like you don't necessarily want to be looking behind you at the same time as you're looking in front of you. You need to see where the car is going and not be worried about what's behind you when you're driving. So again, this is advanced, but it is something that you can do. Okay, prep step number eight is to make sure that you always have your gas tank at least a quarter to a third full at all times. Now, I know people say never let your vehicle go below a half tank. I've personally found this to be a very hard thing to do. 
Uh, I, I think it's one of those things that out there most people talk about doing but really don't. But you definitely don't want to let your car keep going down to empty. You want to at least have a quarter of a tank to a third of a tank in there. And one thing this is going to do is avoid you having to find a gas station in unknown areas. So it could be a situation like the Turners in Atlanta where they pull off the highway and they pull into park and you might be in an unknown area. Now, this happened to me when we were uh, when I was young. And we were traveling in Florida, and uh, my my stepfather uh, didn't realize it, but we were running out of gas on the on the highway. We had to pull off. We we really just barely just made it off of the highway. But when we did pull off, we were in a very very sketchy area. This was not an area you would want. You this is an area you would want to travel through as quickly as possible. And unfortunately, we ran out of gas, and he had to get out and go find gas and leave his wife and the kids, us, back in the vehicle with our doors locked and afraid. So you don't want to have to be, have to come off of, or, or you know, go find a, a gas station somewhere in an unknown area. You also don't know how long you're going to be chased um, if you are in an escape and evasion type scenario. Now, when I lived in New Mexico, it was a very, it was a gang related area. We had a lot of problems out there and I did have one dangerous vehicle incident that went on for about 15 miles in the middle of nowhere because we're talking about like high desert here. And it went on for a long time, but it went about, I would say about 15 miles or so. I didn't check the, the, the odometer, but it went on until the police caught up with us and were able to stop the other driver. But there was no help around me whatsoever. It was just me and this other driver out in the middle of nowhere. Okay. It was a very dangerous area. Now I never know how long that was going to go on, and what would happen if I actually ran out of gas out there, okay? Um, all right, so prep step number nine is to have a phone holder in your vehicle with Bluetooth connection to be able to go hands-free inside of your vehicle as well. Now, the phone holder is going to help you, especially if you have a GPS on your vehicle or, I mean, if you don't have one like in your vehicle, which is which is helpful, if you can at least use the one that is on your smartphone if you have one. So that is going to help you, one, get around unknown areas. So if you do have to escape the area or if you, you know, you're taking a left, you're taking a right, you're taking a right, you're taking a left, you take a left, 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 all of a sudden you don't know where you're at and things are still going on out there and you want to just know, I don't even know what direction the highway is in if I want to get back out there. So a GPS ability either inside of your vehicle or if you've got a phone there, you have a phone in your holder that you can use the GPS. That'll help you to be able to determine the safest way to get out of there. You can also find local police stations that you might be able to travel to, hospitals if somebody is injured, things like that. Again, it's always going to be situational. Uh, their police stations might be the worst place to be around. But you are going to at least have more options there to be able to find things and be able to get back on track there. Now, the other thing this does for you is that you can stay on the phone with 911 if you are in a dangerous situation so that you can stay on the phone with them hands-free for help and also for documentation. So the 911 operator is likely going to have to stay on the call. They'll be recording the whole thing. They're not really allowed to hang up. Now, if it is a really bad situation, they might, and you're not in like a, a, a deadly situation or somebody is... It's, a, it's an, a situation where they have to stay on the line. They might be getting other calls that they have to take. They might get overloaded. But you always want to make sure that you are hands-free and you can stay on the phone with them and describe what's going on. Give them as many details as possible, what's going on, descriptions of people. So even if you are absolutely uh, hurt or, or, God forbid, killed, you and your family are, are hurt in some way, 
and you're calling out what's going on around you, descriptions of people. There might be other cameras in the area that are going to catch the action. And maybe your description, maybe you just saying that this person called this other person this, you know, by this name, uh, just giving as much information as possible is going to help the people maybe to be able to get um, apprehended later on, okay? Now, if you don't have Bluetooth in your vehicle, I do recommend that you have a Bluetooth headset always inside of your vehicle that, or on your person, I like to have them one with me, that you can use, that you can just put on your, on your ear, and again, you're going to go hands-free. That way you don't have to take your, your hands off the steering wheel if you're in an escape and evasion scenario. You want to make sure that you can go hands-free, and a headset is going to help you do that. Okay, prep step number 10 here is, um, this is where some people might say I maybe go into the fantasy realm here, but I've, again, I've, I had one uh, friend of mine on the battlefield got a, a, a purple heart because he was just riding in the back of a vehicle and there was a stray shot that went through and struck him. And in these types of situations, people that are going to shoot at vehicles that, especially if they, what happens is, People will shoot at vehicles if they don't know that they're actually hitting somebody. Um, same things with go, with throwing things at vehicles. It's the coward's way of unleashing anger without the consequence necessarily. So if I don't know that I shot them, well, I, I shot off some rounds. I shot into that vehicle, and I don't know that I, I hurt anybody, so there's no accountability there. Um we saw this in that in the shooting uh, in Atlanta where the eight-year-old girl, Zachariah, was shot. Um, one person shot in the vehicle. That was all that it took before other people shot at the vehicle. Now, as the vehicle was driving away, more people shot at the vehicle because there is there's the well, I I like everybody else, I shot too. Like that way it avoids the man, you got that you got that gun, but you're not doing anything with it. Man, I, I unloaded four rounds into the back of that vehicle. Why didn't you unload anything? Well, there's going to be that kind of lizard brain, monkey mind, whatever you want to call it, that people get caught up in where they're either shooting rounds up in the air or they're shooting rounds where they think they're not hurting anybody or when actually they could be. So prep step number 10 is to um, just hang flak jackets behind the seats of your vehicle. Now, there are some way, different ways that you can do this. Um, I'm not saying you have to go out and spend a lot of money on vests. You can do this with even just with some external plates that you can put on the back of seats. You can do this behind seat coverings so you can hang there. You wouldn't notice it's there at all. Um, for me, I have 20, like I just got some $25 military surplus flak jackets, and those can simply, in the back seats of the vehicle, can hang right around the, the back of the seat. So they're inside the trunk. They're not shown anywhere. But if anybody were to try to shoot at the back of my vehicle, there are flak vests that are there that can stop potentially stop a bullet um, are going to give my maybe my kids or grandkids or anybody in the, that's sitting in the back seat a little bit better protection there. Again, I, even on the driver's side and passenger side seats, they don't have to be visible. You don't have to go all you know zombie Mad Max mobile out here and show everybody that you've got this type of thing. But it's not hard to put external plates, hang them there behind the, the, the headrest and just be able to have some extra protection for vehicle from uh, shootings from the, from the rear. It also helps you in an escape and evasion type scenario as well. Okay. All right. So 
That wraps things up for my top 10 prep steps here, but don't be shy. I want to know what you've uh, thought of when it comes to precautions that you think people can take to prepare against a vehicle attack during a violent protest or even a road rage incident. Go ahead and leave a comment on the blog where you see this podcast episode, or you can head on over to warriorlifetips.com and you can submit your tips there. If we do end up using your tip from warriorlifetips.com in one of our upcoming broadcasts or one of our videos, then we will also send you a thank you gift for submitting your information there as well. Now, next week, we're going to add even more gear, gadgets, and gizmos to your vehicle, including we're going to be talking about weapons for inside of your vehicle as well. And until then, this is Jeff Anderson from warriorlife.com saying prepare, train, and survive. You've been listening to the Warrior Life Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us spread the mission of self-reliance and self-protection when you rate us. And leave us a comment wherever you enjoy these podcasts. And don't forget to check out our posts and videos on our social media channels. You'll see a full directory when you visit our website at www.warriorlife.com. We'll see you next time. This has been the Warrior Life Podcast. Prepare. Train. Survive.